This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It is the November 13th edition of Great Talk from the Scoops headquarters. That's Martin Kilcoin, the sports director of Fox 2. I'm Dan McLaughlin, and away we go on a Monday Highly anticipated, uh, great talk, because everywhere I go, emceeing a lot of events later, someone inevitably comes up and says they love great talk and tell Martin we need two editions of great talk every week. <laughs> I just want to throw that out at okay, you. Okay, you throw that out a lot, and I also want to know why so formal. Dan always start. It's like a, a, a war correspondent. Dateline, November 13th, Monday morning. Well, people go back and listen, so okay. I want to make sure they oh, understand. historical reference. Right. People will dust this thing off in five years. Absolutely, say, man, what a will. great talk that was. Who wouldn't? We have a lot of loyal listeners, and we occasionally give them a shout-out. Sometimes I even remember their name. Dave Job, longtime sports producer at Fox 2, loyal listener. He, he lives in Illinois, and when he drives home on Monday nights, I'll see him leaving Monday, and he's like, oh, got to get in the car and listen to great talk, and he'll say, what did you guys talk about today? And I always say... I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> I really don't guy. remember. Th- Hello, Loyal Dave, listener. and thanks for listening. You're Drive a great safe, guy. Two hands on the wheel. That's right. Don't he, stop for late night food. He's a wonderful guy. Yep. Known him forever. He's, does a hell of a job. He's cranked out a lot of great content for the viewers. Dan, where do you want to be? I got notes. I printed them out. Let me, let me just go through the subjects that we could probably hit. So you got the, in no particular order, Mizzou, Blues playing better. Uh, GM meetings with baseball was, uh, we didn't hit it before it, it came to fruition last week. They had to shut that thing down because of a virus going through or food poisoning, something like that. They, I think it was just a half day that they, they cut out, but, uh, there's a ton to get into. Did I miss anything? Um, well, you have the slew women's soccer team advancing the SIUE men's soccer team advancing. And I know all of this, Dan, because on Saturday night I had, Went to the uh, Seinfeld Jim Gaffigan show at Enterprise Center. How was it? Uh, it was great. Tons of fun, and we'll get into it. But at the end of the night, I said, great job, Seinfeld. Great job, Mizzou football. Great job, Blues. Because like everything was going well for all the teams. And people immediately said, you didn't mention Illinois football. You hate Illinois. And then you didn't. <laughs> so then I retweeted and said, congratulations, SIUE. Congratulations, <laughs> Slew Women. Congrat- Roxana football, East St. Louis football. Like You can never cover yeah. all the ground. But there's a lot going on, and a lot of it's positive. Uh, the Seinfeld show was really interesting because somebody offered us tickets last minute, and I wasn't planning on going, but I was happy to go. It was a lot of fun. I looked it up because I why are those two guys, pretty big stars, together they only went to four cities. They did San Francisco, L.A., Chicago, St. Louis. I'm like, interesting. I wonder why. I have no idea why or how. But when they, they start out, the two of them come out. And they introduce them both. And they kind of do a little shtick back and forth. And it's kind of funny. And they're like, why are we doing this together? And Gaffigan's like, I didn't know we'd be sharing a bed. You know, they're back. And then Jerry said, we could save time if we just both go at once. And then they're off in a corner. They're like, what's the deal with elevator? And Gaffigan's and they're overrunning each other. Audio, and then said, this isn't going to work. Let's do it separate. Ha ha. That's the bit. But Seinfeld said, hey, I love St. Louis. I really do. And he said, when my TV show was tanking, he said, the NBC executives are like, it's really not doing well. 
but it's really good in St. Louis. Like, Interesting. He said, St. Louis, he goes, you saved my show. And everybody like cheers. <laughs> and then later when he's back out there, he goes, okay, I may have exaggerated a little bit. I don't know if you saved my show, but it's just classic Jerry humor. I mean, somehow he meant, gets into like Frankenstein. He goes, why is he wearing a sport coat? Where is he going? <laughs> and it's so like weird. And it just, it works. Everything he said worked. Have you thought about the money? I, I said this to a oh. friend of mine over the weekend because his show syndicated everywhere. It still is running late night. It runs on Fox two. I believe at yep. probably 1130, maybe midnight on any day I that you so, can see yeah. it. It's so the residual uh, money that he gets off of that it's just got to be remarkable well he and larry david who created it with him at one point they sold the rights and they each got 250 million but i think that was for like a 10-year period so then it was up again and people are still buying it still running it i was thinking about what's the gate or the revenue just saturday night alone so there's 50 about so the enterprise so you got your tickets from a friend or whatever friend, yeah friend gave us the seats but Enterprise Center is massive for comedians. Everybody said, oh, Stiefel, Fox. No, Enterprise Center, traffic jam to get in, that many people. So let's say it wasn't completely full. They had a big black curtain behind the stage, but it was maybe 16,000, 17,000 wow. people to see two comedians. Mario Joyner was the opening act. He was pretty funny. But they had 17,000 people. Tickets, I looked online. You could buy a terrible seat for 30, 40 bucks, which is great. You don't want every ticket to be obscene. But let's say the and some people paid five fifty for a meet and greet, which I always wonder why why do these guys he even did a want meet to, and greet? They huh? did a meet and greet. And do they cap it at like 20, 30 people? I have no idea. Even and at this point, Seinfeld doesn't need the money. No. I guess he just loves performing. You but, gotta do something. I but, mean he's a young man. Yeah, but let's say the average ticket, it's at least a hundred bucks, right? It's the average price. So what's that? Fifteen thousand times that is at one point five million before you park a car, sell a soda. I mean, I, I can only imagine what each guy got paid for that night. You and I do a ton of uh, events in which we're an MC or speaker, and I still get a pit in my stomach before I go, you know, get up in front of fifty people, sixty people. Do you think he still gets that? Or is it more the excitement of, of performing again? I mean, I think at that level, they're so confident in what they do. But I but I bet a little bit of nerve. You still get it? Oh, yeah. And I think, because you don't know, it's all about the crowd. What if, like, Seinfeld could be terribly funny, and if you get up there and it's a really old crowd that just got handed the tickets and they're not really into it or they don't care. Like, if you don't connect with the crowd, you could probably, you're not going to bomb, but... When they say, oh, you've been a great crowd, I think they usually mean it. Like, they kind of gauge, like, oh, this was fun, yeah. or this wasn't that much. I think that's probably a, a reason to be nervous if you're a performer. Are they going to go for my material? Am I kind of a – I bet Seinfeld even – well, he's so confident, but I, most comedians, I bet, have some doubt. Like, is my material old? Are they sick of me? But – I agree. I mean, Jerry, he's 69. I looked it up. Very no way. youthful 69. He's 69 he's years 69 old. He's 69 years old. But he looks the same. I would have said 55. I forgot how uh, animated he is. A lot of his comedy, he's moving around, makes some sound effects. He's very animated. He's, a lot of jokes about his kids. And he said, parenting now. He's an older parent, obviously. But he said, if you think about these arrangements, they get to 18, they shake your hand and say, 
this has been largely awkward, but thanks for housing me all these years. And <laughs> he goes, now they don't leave. He was saying yeah. how like kids before that you couldn't wait to get rid of them. Now you can't wait to get rid of them, but they're not going anywhere. It's true. I have a uh, 18 year old. I think he's ready to go and I'm ready for him to right. experience it's, life. It's, it's mutual. Uh, I mean, I mean that, you know, oh. tongue in cheek, but shout out to Luke. It, it's time for him to experience life on, his, on own. his own. Yeah. Jim Gaffigan looked skinnier and a lot of his material over the years has been about how he's a fat dad and he likes to eat pastries or what was the he always oh i forget what his joke was not the pop tart that's a jerry joke about pop tarts but gaffigan said i've lost some weight he said everybody says jim are you dying you have cancer (laughs) he said as if it's beyond the realm that i could actually i don't know eat better yeah exercise he said they couldn't he said nobody gave it one thought that maybe i had some discipline that maybe i could actually lose weight how did you uh fare at the mac the missouri athletic club we ran into each other proud uh, association with both of us i but was lunching at the time you were lunching with your beautiful wife your your son and you were having the buffet which can be dangerous <laughs> the buffet over at the mac can be dangerous well and dan i think plate checked me i now, did plate okay, check you when i was a young sportscaster in rhinelander wisconsin it's a small town that happens to have an NBC affiliate. So everybody knows everybody. And I was the local schmo on TV. I would be at the local grocery store. Triggs was the, the their version of Schnucks, family-owned. I swear, every time I went to the store, somebody like, hey, Martin, what do you think of the Packers this week? They always talk. And I see their eyes look in the cart. Like, oh, that's a lot of frozen pizza. You, know, like, <laughs> you could just kind of feel that when you're at the grocery store. People kind of want to cart check you. It does. I think Dan play checked me. I did. Which sounds like a Seinfeld bit. I thought you were eating very healthy. I, I had like grilled chicken with some lettuce. So then we're leaving and my son Sheldon said, you getting any cookies? And I said, I shouldn't, but I, I do. I have, I, I'll grab one. And he sees me, he goes, you grabbed two. And I, <laughs> so now I'm getting cookie checked. So my wife and Sheldon are driving separately. I had to go into work, so I go to my car. As I go to open the door, I'm carrying them, which is embarrassing. I'm carrying cookies out of the MAC. I dropped one of them, and I take a photo and send it to them and said, are you guys happy now? I'm only going to get one cookie. (laughs) And they both said, like, how do we know you didn't pick it up? I'm like, oh, for God's sake. What did you do with the cookie then? I I kicked it to the side. I probably should have thrown it in the trash. Well, you would think a squirrel or some I felt like I was helping nature, Dan. That's the whole point. You're a giver, not a taker. (laughs) Uh, Let's get into Mizzou because this is great talk. We better get to it, Dan. Yeah. Uh, Eight and two. Games with Florida and Arkansas left, very winnable, chance to be 10-2. and two. The Tigers are currently ranked 11th in the country, chance to move up even more over the next couple of weeks. What's significant about this season to me? The St. Louis kids? Well, the St. Louis kids, but you hadn't, you'd been struggling to beat Kentucky, okay? You went to their place and beat them. Prior to that, K-State, though, that was the, right. to me, that was the key. That was the key to the whole season. Well, I think they could have gone in the tank a little bit, but Kentucky... Tennessee, you'd lost four in a row to Tennessee. Josh Heupel loved to run the score up on you. And Drinkwitz on CBS said, we kicked their ass tonight. I'm like, ooh, Coach Drink, working a little blue. I had no problem with that. And then after the game, they said something about the defense. He said, well, I think for, uh, that's the lowest uh, he's ever scored. He said he. He didn't say Heupel's name. So you know there's a little bad blood. But in the SEC pecking order, if you're Mizzou, yes, Georgia's great. But you got to make sure some way, somehow, you're better than Tennessee. Yeah, it's the second tier. Yeah, so I'm Ole Miss. So you beat those teams head to head. 
Florida coming up here, that's how you finish second in the SEC East. Agreed. Not, you want to win it every once in a while, but those are the teams you got to beat, and they hammered Tennessee. So it takes you to 10-2 and two if you win Florida, if you win the day after Thanksgiving against Arkansas. I, I think one of the stories for me of this season is the St. Louis kids. Yep. Luther Burden, Cody Schrader, Quinn, uh, the, the quarterback, Cook, I almost said Quinn. I almost said Brady Quinn. I was well, there's thinking Brady him. Quinn, who's on all the Fox shows, yeah. and then you got Brady Cook. So Brady Cook would be another one, but the St. Louis kids. So what does that do going forward? What does that do with Ryan Wingo? Does he think, you know what, maybe I want to stay home. Maybe I want to play for these kids, with these kids. And I, I don't know. I, I, I think it's something that you have to look at going forward is what does it do for recruiting here in St. Louis? and there are good players within the state. You wonder what's the quality of football here in the state of Missouri. It's pretty damn good, man. What, pretty damn good. And I think a lot of us were saying going into the year, can you win double digits with Brady Cook? We love him, local guy, but is he a guy who you can do that with? Is Cody Schrader an SEC caliber back? I think those were fair questions going into this year. Can Drinkwitz turn the corner? They'd won six games every year. I think people had kind of lost the luster with him and said, eh, I know he's funny at the microphone every once in a while, but just win some games. All three of them, I think, had critics going into the season. Their mantra has been something to prove. STP, and a lot of teams have cheesy slogans and mantras, but I think that one fit because I think people were doubting Drinkwitz. I was on the fence. I'm like, I don't know. We'll see. But at some point, you got to turn the corner for Cook and Schrader. They've all kind of won the critics over, and this Schrader – he even said in the postgame, because I know you all know my story by now, it's almost like he's tired of it. Yeah. I went to Truman State. I was a walk-on at Mizzou. But it almost can't be said enough. I agree. I mean, that this guy from Lutheran South and Truman State, he had 321 combined yards, 205 on the ground, 116 through the air. He was Marshall Falk on Saturday. Would you, uh, if Fox 2 came to you and said, you have $76 million to walk away uh, and it's guaranteed, <laughs> and you're so I'm talking about Jimbo Fisher at Texas A&M. Unreal. Would you do it? And what do you think oh, about these guys guaranteed? I, yes. I but you still have to do something. You're a young man. You well, would right. be so bored. Well, I mean, I don't think Fisher. If they said to him today, "Hey, we can give you 76 million to, to get fired, or you can stay and continue to coach," he would pick coaching. For I think sure. so too. He, he's not looking to get fired, but that does ease the pain a little bit. Just obscene these buyouts. Yeah. And this is the dead money in the NCAA coaching pool is enormous. It's it's the greatest job in America to be a college coach that got fired, get fired, get paid. I mean, I don't remember the math, but we love Travis Ford down at SLU. When he left Oklahoma State, I think they had to give him eight or ten million yep. just just to walk out the door. All these academic leaders are supposed to be like the higher learning, the smartest people on the planet. How dumb are they? You'd have These to deals they cut. I, I'm fascinated where Jimbo Fisher goes. Million. Seventy-six million dollars. God, and, and, and the may- Mississippi State coach just got fired. Yep, who got beat by Jimbo? I guess the other day. Well, I guess this was done on Thursday. They knew win, loss, draw. It didn't matter. Right. They were going to make this move. The Board of Regents at Texas A&M got together and they said, "Okay." It's over. Let's swallow the $76 million and uh, let's get ourselves another coach. Find a coach that's recruiting like he – I mean, he's getting top recruits to go there. It just hasn't brought them a national right. title or an SEC championship. But still, he it's not like he's been awful 
down there. It, that that should tell you the expectations of right. big time college football and what people expect. By the way, coaches, I don't know if you saw the post game interview with the Michigan interim head coach with Jim Harbaugh being suspended, but he's dropping f bombs on national TV. On Fox too. I missed that. It was unbelievable. We had a, a six year old. I bleep and love you, coach. Kirk crying. <laughs> That's a, and so they didn't bleep it. Right? They didn't catch it. Or? It was live. Yeah, I always thought and he dropped they had a another, little... and he—I think he dropped an S bomb too. I can't wait for Michigan Ohio State. Oh, I mean, it's going to be unbelievable. I may come over to your house and bring a bunch of friends in. We may have a big, <laughs> big get to. I, this is going to be. It's the Saturday after Thanksgiving. It's always good. It's always good. Michigan was down for a while, and now that with Harbaugh, they're kind of back up now. But you have this whole Harbaugh drama, and the theory is that Ohio State is the one that turned them in, which makes it even better in terms of the hatred amongst those two. I can't – I need them on the sideline for that game. I, I got it like a court injunction or something. I just want to see the, the handshake after the game yes. with those two. Oh, my God. It's kind of like – Woody Hayes, like, just punch his ass, all right? Well, it's, it's like uh, – what was the game last week prior to – Michigan, Penn State, and the, the the coaches meet at midfield, and I mean, it was just a flyby. It was not talking and, you know, a hand on the shoulder and nice to see you, coach, and great effort. Hey, your kids played well. Congratulations, and we'll see you at the meetings, you know? Yeah. It was a total flyby. Boom. Done. It and is it is funny when they do it. It's like, then why even bother? Exactly. Like, why, and then when they talk forever, I always feel like, oh, you shouldn't be that buddy, buddy. He just beat your ass, you know? Yeah. I want I want him to have a little pleasantry. I guess I didn't like it when Drink was smiling it after the Georgia game. He was kind of smiling. Yeah, there was a, l- a lot of shots of them kind of like, "Oh, shucks, we're just happy to be here." Yeah, you know? I don't like that. I think in that moment, maybe you just know it's like, "Hey, hey, hey, Kirby, you're a great guy. You've always been cool to me." Yep. And then by the time you get to the locker, you're like, "Ah, oh, shit, we lost to Georgia." You know, <laughs> like, know, it hits you. Here's a great Jim Hannafin. It just occurred to me as I swore. I <laughs> love Coach Hanny. He tells the story. He's coaching the Big Red, and he said, "You know that first year, bugger, we went five and eleven. Okay." He said the postseason press conference, and he was always smoking. Remember, yeah, watching this, these things as a kid, and he said, "I looked right into those cameras, and I said, this team next year, by golly, gee, Willikers, we are not going five and 11. And he said and it became like a thing. Everybody yeah. played the clip. He said, "So now, fast forward the next year, it's December." He said, I'm walking the sidelines, we're playing the Eagles, and we're getting our ass handed to us. And I thought to myself, what are we, what are we, we're 5 and 10. Ah, shit, we're going 5 and 11. <laughs> and he goes, and you jerks played that clip over, meaning media yeah. types, goes, you couldn't help but play it over and over again. Have you seen the Jerry Burns post-game meltdown yes. of the Minnesota Vikings head coach? Yeah. It was just the anniversary of that. And for people that are listening to this, just go to YouTube, put in Jerry Burns. Not with the kids in the car. I do think it's the best coaches meltdown maybe ever. Because they want, I think they wanted to fire his offensive coordinator or something. Yeah. And he got really, that was the theme. It's the best one ever. He just, and he looks so damn mad. Yes. Like he's going to tear somebody. up somebody. It surfaces on Twitter every once in a while. It's hilarious. And I don't think he was the Minnesota Vikings coach for very long, but I guarantee up there they'll be like. You've seen it, right? Oh, yeah. It's unbelievable. I might get in my car and listen to him <laughs> just for a little Monday uh, pep talk. That was great. Anyway, Harbaugh, is, they're going to court Friday. And I'm like, can we get it before Here's Friday? Here's the thing. Why, if you're going to do it, you have to just do it. you got to cut the cord. You're not going to coach at practice. You're not going to be on the sidelines. You're oh, away you from the, the program. the punishment is bizarre. The, yeah. the, the punishment is nothing. Right. I mean, you could. to me, what, what, 
what is a head coach going to do? You have offensive, defensive coordinators. Maybe you're talk, uh, talking about uh, clock management. You're talking about a speech before and, and at halftime. I, I'm not downplaying the role of a head coach, so don't get me wrong. It's a very important position during game times, but you can get away with it. You, you got your coordinators. They, they know the kids as well as the head coach. This is nothing. This is, To me, it's like a slap on the wrist. You mean the punishment is kind yeah, of silly. Like, it is silly. Yeah, and I think if you did nothing wrong, why did they fire the guy? Exactly. Who, or And if he was doing it, do we really think he just, some guy low on the totem pole decided to do this on his own? And apparently there is a rule against it. I've heard Desmond Howard, Tom Brady, shocking Dan. Yeah, couple Michigan, of Michigan guys. guys who have come out in his, in support of Harbaugh. What I don't know at the college level is how often this happens. Come on, you don't think sign well, stealing's going on well, everywhere? That's what I'm saying. If they're all doing it, then should now, it be a punishment, but, or did they go? There's like a line you don't cross. Well, it's a little egregious when you have a guy dressed up on the sidelines as one of your coaches. <laughs> I think that may have taken it over the top. But uh, the sign-stealing part of it, I I had no problem with it. Remember the guys in Animal House at the parade trying to blend in, and they had on, like, trench coats, (laughs) and and he's holding, like, a little pom-pom, like, pretending around all these pairs, and then he throws, like, marbles out on... That's my point. (laughs) Just tried to blend in. Uh, We shouldn't forget about the Blues, because then people will be mad, Dan. They've won four of five, and this was happening during... And scoring, and making a difference offensively. Colorado... You know, you go to the Avalanche. You just, I just assume they'll probably lose. They're playing in Colorado. The Lanch are the better team. The, the GM will tell you that, Doug yep. Armstrong. So at Seinfeld Gaffigan, that show was relatively early. I mean, it was about seven thirty to ten o'clock. The Blues started at eight, so it's on all the monitors everywhere you look in the Enterprise Center. So you look up, like, oh. Three nothing in the first. Oh so would people cheer in the middle of no, his set. No, I mean it wasn't like in the inner bowl. But I'm saying if you were in the concourse yeah. or if you went to the bathroom, you could see the game almost every. You couldn't avoid it, which was great. Eight to two, and you have Braden Shen who's struggled to score. He gets three. Pavel Buchnevich, who's been struggling to score, he gets three. Get two power play goals. They'd had one all season, so it it checked a lot of boxes and went in four out of five. Maybe they can be a little bit better than we thought because I think the bar was pretty low. Have you seen the Bedard kid from the Blackhawks? I've seen him. I have not. It's I've not broken down the tape completely yet. Okay, he's awesome. I mean, highlight real goals, generational type player. It looks like at least that was the billing coming in. He's starting to live up to it. So it begs the question: Would you rather tank and get that generational type player, or do a rebuild or retool that the Blues are doing and kind of? Hope that uh, you finish third. Hope you make it into the playoffs. And at that point, you know, anything can happen once you're in. It, yeah. it does make that question. I think plenty of teams have tanked and then they never got good. Yeah, I agree. So it's, I, it's I dangerous. Think it's, if, it's a guar- if it was a guarantee that, yeah, you tank, you're going to become really good. Like the Astros went in the tank. Jeff Luno leaves the Cardinals. Best thing he ever did down there. His opening press conference, he said, this is going to take three to five years. And I said, way to give yourself a window here. Yes. You've already told people, we'll be bad for a while. On the flip side, you have the Mets owner in Cohen who says, we will win a World Series within five years. Right. So you put, Uh it might have been three to five, but (laughs) he said five, I know for sure. So it puts all the pressure on you to win. I think the Blues and Cardinals are in a similar position. I I think they do rely on the gate revenue, and I don't think they want to be a team that just says we're going to be terrible. Yeah. And I think also that... They just both have it kind of in their DNA. We just don't do that. So they're kind of stuck, though, because then you how do you rebuild on the fly? 
when some teams do just say, oh, we're going to be lousy for a couple of years. I mean, the Cubs did it. The freaking Chicago Cubs went into the tank. I want to uh, give a shout-out to Randy Fuse. I was with randyfuse.com. Does he go it, by .com on it? Like, is it just no, driver's it license, randyfuse.com? And the athletic program, just take a guess how many teams that they got. They got lacrosse. They've got soccer. They've got football. They've got a little bit of everything going on. Just take a guess. Uh, around St. Louis, like all age metro. groups? Metro. Yeah, all the age groups, In metro. In every different sport. They've got uh, 30. 300. Right around 300. Oh my God. I couldn't believe that. I wanted to throw that out at you. Wow. So, Shout out to Randy.com. Fuse.com. Fuse, uh, Fuse.com. Fuse. When I see Randy, I'm just going to call him .com. <laughs> you should Fuse. say hey, on Great com. Talk, Danny Mack, all he says is Fuse.com. .com. Hey, well, we're coming to you from the Pasta House Studios. 19 area locations. We should tape one of these on site, Dan. We should go to the pasta house. I was at the tape. MAC this we morning. We were going to tape it there. I forgot. Yeah, nice work. You remind, I was there well, you at 615. I text Dan on Sunday nights, 8 a.m. tomorrow? Sure. Like I have to, I'm twisting his arm via text. You could have said, "Are we meeting at the Mac?" I, I just, I figured that you had things going on. I could get a couple of cookies for breakfast. You're, you're a busy man. I didn't want to bother you. <laughs> right. Dan, Sure. I can just tell the tone of the text. No, it's just, sure. <sighs> yeah, sure. That's why texting, you don't know the tone. Marie de Villa Senior Living, they're at the corner of Clayton and Weidman Road. I think a week and a half away from flipping the lights, the old Christmas tree will be going up. That's always festive and fun. Appliance discounters for all your appliance needs. Triad Bank, our buddy Jim Ragnar, the CEO. They've got two locations, St. Louis-based bank. Randy.com Fuse. Yeah, the Ascension Charity Classic. Get your tickets. Great gift item. Right around the corner, Steve Sprad, Nick Ragone running the Ascension Charity Classic here at 830 in the morning. I just missed a call from Steve Spratt, so I'm going to call him a little bit. Okay. That's part so of Great Talk. So now Steve is listening to Great Talk. He knows. Now, if you don't call him back, you're like, hey, I uh, heard you, you mention that you knew I called. That's right. So you I'm going to make sure and call him back. Can't duck that call. No, there's a lot of great things going on. And then, Dan, you know, I'm a journalist first and then mm -hmm. a Marquette fan second. But I will be attending for work. Illinois hosts Marquette tomorrow night, Tuesday night in Champaign. You gonna do a live shot? I am gonna do some coverage. We've oh, got an affiliate. We've got an affiliate up there. My buddy Matt Offenberg is an Illinois guy. Yep. And we're going up together to watch Illinois Marquette. I of course will do some television work there. Awesome. From Champaign. Looking forward. I've never been to a basketball game in Champaign. Oh, oh, it's neat. I, I went when they were good. There was all Rob D. The Dizzle was always going or Mo oh. Drum. I never got to go. Did a feature on Bruce Weber uh, up there. He lives in St. Louis. I didn't know that. You know that? He's going to be on uh, radio with me next week. Is he really? I didn't know that. How did you find that out? Very random. Um, I, who? Somebody in Webster said, hey, Bruce Weber lives here. And I said, Bruce Weber lives in Webster? What? I'm not, I shouldn't be giving away his yeah. home address, but I think he travels he a lot. He just did. But they have have a home base, I guess. Or he does a lot of Big Ten Network right now. He's but great. Made a great guy. Made a ton of money between you know Illinois and Kansas State, and I guess if you retire, do you want to stay in Manhattan, Kansas? No offense. Probably not. Probably not. Uh, you coached in Champaign. You're not going to go back there. From Milwaukee, I would have guessed Chicago because the Big Ten Network yep. is based there and it's close to Milwaukee. It's you know Illinois roots. But I remember him on the radio many times with with me or Frank Cusimano saying. Anytime I come to St. Louis, he's like, my wife wants to come. She loves coming. I remember him saying that. I'm going to ask him about that. So I guess maybe he's got a place in Florida. She just bounce around. Yeah. And in this time of year, a lot of your college stuff is right here in the middle of the country, Big Ten Network. So 
Uh, I'm going to Champagne for the for my first ever basketball game, and I will be a journalist first. No cheering, no butt slaps, Dan. No, they, no you high, love to. <laughs> no high fives. Hey guys, go get them. Go Beat get the Fighting em. Illini tonight. Go little get pat em. on the butt, little uh, high five. No, no. So, do you have any like when the city guys came out and you were doing that? Did you have any? Uh, oh, no, hold on. Did Let, you have any chore- choreographed handshakes? <laughs> All that was a couple weeks ago before their playoff tank job. It was me who was the real issue. <laughs> they were doing just fine until I was in the tunnel as they were walking by. I want to give a shout out, by the way, this time next week, the uh, new inductees from the Missouri Sports Hall of Fame will have been inducted, the St. Louis class. So Bernie Miklas of Scoops is, is going Jay in. Jay Delsing is in that group. Jay Delsing is going in. Tony Van Zandt is going in. I think Adam Wainwright is going in. There's uh, Jerry Wallace. It's a huge list. Yeah, yeah. Kenny Wallace. So there's uh, a lot of big names, and it should be a great uh, class going in Sunday, I think, for the Missouri uh, Sports Hall of Fame. You mentioned the baseball meetings. Not a whole lot happened. John Mozeliak made some comments that caused people to step back because I think he was walking back a little bit. Hey, we're going to go get three starting pitchers. That was about the only thing, other than the Craig Council news, going, did we talk about that, or was that after the, I think it was after we had had our little huddle. $40 million for him. I mean, good for him. I've always thought the managers should get paid more because it's such a grind, and the game, I mean, if, let's say your star player makes 30 to $40 million, and he's the star, but the manager is putting in a lot of days. So I think managers should make a little bit more. But why, why but, would you say that when... Uh, much of this is dictated from the front office. It is. I mean, it, well, but I think managers should get paid more. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, because if if a star player gets thirty million, and the manager his job all day, whether he's good or bad, if he's your manager, he's going to be. It's a long season. Tell me that job isn't worth at least two to three million. Yeah, and now council gets eight highest paid manager. First person who should be on his phone is Bruce Pochi. Like, um, I think I should probably be the highest paid well, manager. Well, yeah. I mean, How could he not be? Just raise the bar for everybody else. That's what I was thinking is like every GM or president of baseball operations or owners going, really? $40 million? Now, if I want to get right. that guy, that's he just set the bar for oh, the market. 100%. 100%. Every manager out there has got to be thinking, all right. But the next big thing in baseball will be the GM or the uh, baseball winter meetings next month in Nashville. The GM meetings, they just kind of sit around and talk. Until it's a lot gets, of talking. Until, lo- until they get food poisoning, lay the groundwork. But then the, the big deal is going to be in Nashville. I always get a kick out of Scott Boris. He's got some key sayings for That's... various teams and various players that he represents. I guess the big news coming out of um, what will be the winter meetings outside the local aspect of this will be Otani and where he winds up. Um, will it be some rule changes as you go forward? Maybe automated strike zone will be something. What happens with the Las Vegas, I guess, the Vegas A's? Where are they going to play? Um, yeah, there's some interesting things going on. Looking forward to that. Looking forward to that. We've got a lot, lot to look forward to, Dan. That means each and every week we've got plenty of great talk. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.